step on up, sit down, twist off that bottle top, or crack open that can. And welcome to Porch Matters. This is Terry Cagle coming to you from my back porch. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. The name of this show is Authentic. On Porch Matters, our saying is this. Big issues or just a friendly conversation. No topic is off limits. We take pride in being able to talk about anything with each other in an open discussion. Open discussion is one of the only ways to learn. Your perspective could be changed. You could change the perspective of others. Friends and family, welcome back to another episode of Porch Matters. I sure am glad you joined me. It is a nice, beautiful Sunday afternoon. Luckily, it's not too bad hot out here right now as the sun's going down. There's a little bit of a cool breeze coming in that is very much appreciated. I really hope all of you's had a really good couple of weeks. Last two weeks have been interesting for me, as usual. The week of the 4th, you know, we were supposed to be shut down for work. I still ended up having to work some of the days, but I was able to get back to business as far as the podcast goes. I was able to conversation scheduled with some really good people that I'm looking forward to sharing with you over the next three or four episodes. We're going to start it off with Jarrett Samuels of Pursuit of Manliness podcast. But before we get to Jarrett, yesterday, me and Stacy and Xander Ended up going on somewhat of a little bit of a field trip. We went up about an hour from Stacy's house up to Florence, Alabama. And we ate at the River Bottom Grill. The address is 1050 Claiborne Lyles Drive there in Florence, Alabama, right on the river. Matter of fact, it's right in the middle of a marina. It's a floating restaurant. It's built on a pier. We had to wait an hour and a half. Because, you know, apparently it's a popular place to eat. That and the fact that they just didn't have enough servers that day. That's a podcast for another day. It's time for everybody to get back to work. But be that as it may, we sat around, enjoyed the marina, and went in and sat down and was able to eat a pretty good meal, I do have to say. Ordered some hush puppies with Alabama white sauce as an appetizer. You know how I love some hush puppies with Alabama white sauce. Thank you, Stacy. I appreciate that. Stacy had the fish and chips with a Cajun tartar sauce. And Xander had his normal chicken fingers. (laughs) That boy's going to turn into a chicken one of these days. Very rarely does he eat anything other than chicken fingers. If If we go to a pizza place, he'll eat some pizza. Or every once in a while, he'll ask for a steak. I had the brisket burger. Now, what the brisket burger is, is an in, it's got in-house smoked brisket on it. And it's all, it's shredded, but still shaped up like a patty. They put the hamburger patty down and then put the brisket on top of it and put some cheese on it to melt it in to kind of hold it all together. And they put some barbecue sauce on it. They normally put lettuce, tomato, and a tobacco onion, as they call it. I didn't want any of that, so I just got it with just meat, cheese, and sauce. I also got some loaded cheese fries on the side. Now, what their loaded cheese fries looks like is just cheese with some bacon bits on it, and then they'll bring you a cup of ranch, and you can pour that on top of it. 
I do have to admit, I I didn't exactly love the hour and a half wait, but we stuck it out, patiently waited. And then whenever we were able to get up there and get seated, it turned out to be a really good experience. The atmosphere was nice. It was really it was really nice to be able to just sit there on the top level up there, basically like we were sitting on the porch, like right here, have a decent meal, be able to sit there and look at the marina with all the boats coming in and out and get to see the Tennessee River right there next to the main bridge there in Florence. It's very nice, and I highly recommend it to all of you. The River Bottom Grill is definitely hashtag fat boy approved. Speaking of something else that was fat boy approved, the would you rather question for last week was would you rather double your income or half your expenses? Roger Williams Jr. says he'd love to double his income. Terry Woodall Cisco says double my income. Janice Cagle says double my income. Christine White says half my expenses. Kelly Curtis says half my expenses. Thank y'all very much for the comments. I sure do appreciate it. This week's Would You Rather question kind of fits the conversation that you're about to hear. Would you rather wear t-shirts every day of the year or wear formal shirts every day of the year? Me personally, this is a no-brainer. I would rather wear t-shirts every day of the year. Sometimes, just to be honest, and Jarrett kind of points it out. Most of the time, whenever I have conversations on the back of this porch, I'm usually wearing a tank top in the summertime. Sleeves get annoying. And a lot of times I'm either wearing a tank top or I'm wearing a sleeveless shirt whenever I'm out and about, you know, just locally around here or whatever. But if I'm going somewhere where I think I have to dress up a little bit, I will put some sleeves on. But what say you? Please leave your comments on the social media. I'll be posting this question on the Porch Matters Facebook page. I'll be forwarding it to the Porch Matters Facebook group. It'll also be on Instagram, and it'll also be on Twitter. Please leave your comments below, and I will be reading your answers on the next episode. On this episode, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, Jarrett Samuels of Pursuit of Manliness podcast makes his return to the porch. This conversation is going to last about an hour and 45 minutes. That's one thing about me and Jarrett. Once we get together, it's kind of hard to shut both of us up, and I really appreciate him coming onto the porch. I enjoyed the conversation. If you're a football fan, you're really going to enjoy it, and then... After we get done talking about football, we talk about some other stuff, and I really think you'll really think you'll enjoy this. But without further ado, let's get started. Jarrett Samuels, Pursuit of Manliness. Welcome back to the porch. It's been way too long, sir. It has been way too long. If I remember last time, it wasn't this hot either, so... Um... I'm going to go ahead and tell you, it feels like a dress rehearsal for, for hell down here. It really does. As bad as that may sound. If you, I'm, I made a Facebook comment about this two or three weeks ago. I said, if you hadn't got your heart right with the good Lord, I said, and you can, you might want to take this heed as a example about what's going on. 
I, I agree. Hopefully, I never find out. Um, I don't want to find out the, the temperature <laughs> of hell, but I have Good. camped out or stayed in some places that I was convinced was located right above hell. It was that hot. So, I um, it. yeah, I agree. Where where would that be? Well, I've I've camped I, recently. There was one in uh, eastern Missouri. So I don't remember the town. We were just outside of Cape Girardeau. It was like a, a guy in tribe had a uh, some land uh, that was in his family, and it was, it was an incredible piece of land, like it, unbelievable. Like I'm I'm trying to buy a cabin off of him on that land, but um, it was hot, and there were but I mean, it's just like you got to be kidding me. Now I went to Branson, Missouri, and I was convinced that was located above hell too. That was just like one big sweatshop. Yes. What are we talking about hell for? What are we doing? What is the matter? Well, sometimes we're going to talk about the bad place. To <laughs> Flush it out. Huh? The good place, you know. <laughs> Flush it out. <laughs> right. What? Since you brought up Branson, I, mm-hmm. I've been through Branson, but I didn't have enough time to actually explore. You know, I told you about my four thousand mile road trip last time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did you like it? No, uh, I did not like it. Um, the best part of Branson, Missouri, is the Lake of the Ozarks, which is what most people go there for. So, if you go to Branson, you want to get on the water, in my opinion. Um, now, I'm not a shopper, but if you want to go there for shopping, from what I could tell, it was pretty bleak too. So, um, they had some good ice cream there, but other than that, I don't care if I ever go back. Same. I, I, I seen that I wouldn't lose anything there. No, so. I don't think so. I mean, there's people that absolutely love the place and you know, it's like, I have a friend that loves pigeon forge. I'm not a big pigeon forge guy. I love Tennessee, but that tourist thing is, it's just too much for me, but some people love it. That was our vacation spot growing whenever I was growing up. My dad hated the beach, but he loved, okay. the, he loved the mountains. Yep. So we would go up there sometimes two times a year. I'm, I'm to that point now where I've, I've rode everything. I've seen everything now, when I go up there, I like to go and just get away. I've See, got that's a, my, I've so got that's a, my thing. I love the mountains. I hate going down the mountain as far as like when you get down and it's like Ripley's and this and this, get me back up there. If I'm up there, I could stay up there for whatever. I mean, I stay up there the whole time. I'm good. But once I go down and it's just all those people, I'm, Oh, uh, I, like, I could live up there, but. I think now if I'd had a cabin, I'd have to buy fire insurance. It seems like the mountains catch on fire every other year. Yeah. The bears keep you on your toes up there, but it's beautiful. Tennessee is beautiful, man. That's a great state. If I was going to live anywhere other than Alabama, I would want to live in Tennessee. I just couldn't wear any of that gaudy orange. <laughs> I, I, I. I don't have it. I I have gone outside that stadium once, like we were killing some time. It's it's pretty incredible as as a sports fan perspective. It's it's pretty impressive that area. Now I can't even fathom what it's like on game day down there. I mean, I went down there in, in the summer. I can't imagine what it's like on game day. It's impressive, even from an Alabama fan. It's impressive to hear a hundred three thousand right. people sing Rocky Top. Right. At least once. Now they'll play it 50, 50 to 60 times if the game's going their way. Luckily, I only had to hear it about four times. Roll tide. Yeah, there's like, you know, as a Notre Dame guy, like I hate I don't like anything about Michigan, Michigan State, USC, whatever. But Michigan, Michigan State doesn't have anything, but Michigan and USC, the things they do are impressive. Like I admire it from a fandom standpoint and say, hey, that that's cool. It makes the game what it is. It makes the rivalry a little bit better. 
Um, but yeah, after a while, you're like, I'm over it. So, well, since you brought that up, is do you think I know how big of an avid Notre Dame fan that you are? What What are your thoughts on Notre Dame possibly leaving the ACC in football and joining the Big Ten? I would love for them to join the Big Ten. I'm, I'm originally from from Iowa, so I lived in Big Ten country. And uh, <clears throat> from a basketball perspective, I like them better in the ACC. Typically, that's a better basketball conference. And basketball just has a unique way, Notre Dame basketball, of ripping my heart out. That football, I kind of expected at some point. But basketball, I'm always delusional, thinking that we're going to – it's so stupid. But um, I'd love for them to join the Big Ten personally. I, just, I don't know. Notre Dame has this way of thinking that doesn't – Makes no sense to nobody else. I don't get it. I, I've never understood the whole independent thing. I, I really haven't. To well, me. I mean, they get to drive a schedule that's pretty impressive. When you look at who they play, strength of schedule, et cetera, they don't have – rarely do they have, like, that gimme game. They do it occasionally, but when you schedule – like, I think this year it's like Clemson, Ohio State. I think it's USC and North Carolina or so. So – the strength of schedule, it gives them a lot of freedom. They can do Navy every year. They can do stuff like that. So if Notre, if you take away Notre Dame's traditions, they're just a school in bad weather. So they got to have some tradition, right? So if you take away tradition, nobody wants to go to Northern Indiana in November. I mean, I don't, but. I would like to go once, but there cool. again, I'm, I'm crazy. I also want to go to. Lambeau Field whenever it's the frozen tundra. I don't want to go in September. I want to go in December. Every every Packers game I've gone to has been in December, except I did a preseason game once. December, you get the experience. You you get, I don't know, you're in the bowl. Like you feel like when the person behind you gets up to use a restroom, you feel the wind come through. It's it's something else, man. It's hard to explain until you experience it. But um, I, I'm I'm like you, man. There's there's schools I'd love to go to Alabama game once. I'd love to see Tennessee, LSU, maybe Ole Miss. Uh, there's some places I don't care if I ever walk into. I mean, I don't. I never want to ever walk into Purdue or Michigan State. I don't. I have nothing. You know, Ohio State. I did it once. I'll never do it again. Um, I just I just like the game. I like the fans for the most part. I've actually got a goal. Uh, I'm wanting to go to every SEC school. I want to experience wow. everybody's. Home t- home game traditions at least yeah. once. So far, I've been to Jordan Hare. I've been to Neyland Stadium, which is Tennessee. Yep. And I have been to the Cathedral of College Football, known as Bryant Denny Stadium. <laughs> <laughs> so. I'll tell you what, Alabama has had a ridiculous run, but like Green Bay, uh-huh. you've had some sparse years, and if. If and when that happens, because it's inevitable, it will yes. be interesting. Like the 81 million people that voted a couple elections ago, how quickly they get quiet. So just enjoy it while you can. It's like Duke fans. Enjoy it while yes. you can, because at some point, the you end up in the valley, and uh, the roll tide will become whispers once again. But right now, you have the most incredible college football coach that's ever coached the game, ever. Arguably. And we can say arguably, because – Bama fans have had Bear Bryant, yeah, and Nick Saban, but I think and it's that harder. Is right miraculous! Now. It's harder right me. now. I think. I mean, what Bear Bryant did is phenomenal. Knew what Newt Rockney did was phenomenal. Yes. I mean, these guys that had what Vince Lombardi did was phenomenal. But yes. you talk about NIL and transfer portals and TV deals and 
it's just different. It's a different I, world. I mean, Bear Bryant having his own TV show once a week was impressive back back in the day. Was I honestly? I think that, and this is just my personal opinion. I think the NIL is being is going to be a game changer, and we're already starting to see it. Yep, Why? and the portal. Yes, you know Saban had the greatest recruiting pitch that anybody could ever say. You come to play for me, you're going to play for a national championship. Yep. You know, literally every single class that he has had since he's been there has played for a national title. Yep. Now, with all of that legal money coming in, I mean, let's be let's be real. Everybody (laughs) does it. Everybody has always done it. It's just some people get caught because other people put heat on them. Yep. It, It. it's been around since college football has been around. It was never going away. Might as well go ahead and make it legal, right? Yep. Well, so, I think too your 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 schools are dealing with a different stack of money. You know, we're my wife's an absolutely. Iowa State fan. I, my wife's an Iowa State Cyclones fan. Uh, Iowa State Cyclones are not dealing with the same amount of money as Notre Dame, Alabama, Ohio State. Whatever, they're just not. So if Alabama recruits a quarterback that you think is a stud, and you find out he's a dud, you go to the portal and say. I'll take you from Iowa state and here's what we're willing to give you. They're like, I'm gone, you know? So, you know, it's going to be like semi pro ball almost eventually. It already is. I mean, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It already, But I mean, right. I mean, you almost could create like if these conferences get so if big 10 and sec can get so many schools, you almost create like the NFL setup, you know, AFC, NFC type thing. And then you can meet for, you know, have your playoff, you know, in, I hope it doesn't get that way, but how does it not? I really don't want to see it that way. I'm a traditionalist when it comes to college football. I really am. I, the fact that West Virginia is in the Big 12 makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> None. You know, and just since we were talking about Notre Dame, the fact that they were playing in the ACC and going to the Atlantic Coast and yep. playing in their in their league has never made any sense to me. Whenever they had the Big Ten contract and they were playing Michigan, Ohio State, everybody like that, that made logistical sense. It's right there. And that helps your fan base by not having to travel near as far. And it also helps your fan base on building the rivalry games. And what, yep. and, and rivalry games is what makes college football great. Yep. Yep. There, would be, there would be no Alabama if there wasn't an Auburn. There would or a Tennessee, you know what I mean? Those are the traditions that you, that you long for. And so with, with the big 10 doing what they're doing, I, with USC and you say, how do they fit? Well, think about what you just said. They're like a rivalries and stuff. How many young kids grow up knowing the Auburn, Alabama rivalry, but not knowing that Auburn is actually in the state of Indy or in Alabama. I mean, they just know the name. You just know like these certain schools or, you know, like you just get an idea of I'm trying to think of another school that has that doesn't match their state name. And if you're not from that state, you wouldn't know that, you know, and that's been like we've moved some. So as you move, you go, oh, that's your rival. I didn't realize that. Like you just kind of get locked into your thing. I knew growing up with Notre Dame who our deal was, you know, growing up in Iowa, I knew who our rivals were. But you get out of there. I didn't know who Purdue's rival was or Indiana Hoosiers or whoever. I mean, I, I, I don't even count in football, but I didn't know that they considered certain teams rivals. I'm like, oh, y'all get fired up about that? You know, um, I grew up a St. Louis Cardinal fan. Ours is the Cardinals Cubs. That's, that's, I mean, that just gets unbelievable. When yeah. I lived in Southern Indiana, 
I'm listening to Reds radio and they're talking about the Cardinals. Like that's their rival. And I guess they assume that's their rival, but I'm like, no, we got one. It's the Cubs, but that for the Reds, they have determined that was their rival. So it's just unique when you get out of that and you talk about going to different stadiums, you get the perspective. I remember going to a Bengals preseason game and, and they're wearing like all this stuff against the Steelers. And I'm like, I, I guess I didn't realize that till I went there. Y'all hate the Steelers all the time. Like that, I didn't know that. So that's the beauty of sports. It makes it so regional. You identify with a region and a group of people and be like, that's us against them, you know, at least for three hours. Yes. I love it. You know, yeah. I, I, I think I told you the last time we talked, I had a lot of, I learned a lot of life lessons from playing and it's just stuck with me. I prefer college football over pros. I don't know why it just feels different. And, Cause you, you know, live in the South. Y'all don't have good football. <laughs> <laughs> we've got the titans now thank you <laughs> kind of yeah yeah you got what you still got ryan Tannehill, or did you get rid of him i don't remember i think they got rid of him i'll be i don't keep up with nfl near as close as i used to but when, once you cross and, like into tennessee it's yeah. all college it's all it college sports center and i love it i love that talk radio and everything in alabama covers nick saban 24 yep. 7 365 yep. 366 yep. if it's a leap year and i love that i remember like we go east and south that's where we vacation all the time whether it's east or south and especially when you get around late july you see all these car flags like all these people tooling down the road with whatever their team colors are whatever their school is and there ain't nothing going on except for maybe media days but you start to get hyped like this is us this is our schedule this is our team our quarterback i i love that now I think some people could take it to the nth degree. Remember, these are 18 to 22-year-olds. Regardless if they're making millions of dollars, they are still got the mental capacity of an 18 to 22. They're going to let you down on Saturday. It's, it's inevitable it's going to happen. Or a coach is going to make a bad call, whatever. But, man, there, there's just nothing like college football, especially. I, I had to quit taking it so seriously a few years <laughs> ago. Um, I went to a buddy's house, and we were watching the Iron Bowl. And yeah. I used to get so jacked up and so amped up. I was sitting over there at his house, especially for that game, because I don't normally talk a lot of smack beforehand, but I talked some smack this period of time. I think it was, it was, um, I want to say it was one of the years that Cam Newton was there. That's how long it's been. And I was sitting there watching it. And every time they made a bad play, I just, I take my, just start slapping the side of his chair. I nearly broke his chair. Uh, after that, I was like, you know what? I almost had to spend six hundred dollars replacing <laughs> liner. I think I might need to chill out on this just a little bit. It's just a game, dude. <laughs> I think when my my middle daughter, my oldest daughter, never hasn't took to it yet. But when my middle daughter really got into, like, she loved Ian Book. She's all about Ian Book. An Ian Book jersey knows everything about Ian Book. His girlfriend, his car, whatever. And so I think when they all started kind of really hanging around a bit more during the game, I started to think about like, okay, I need to. And I remember telling her one day, like, listen, I'm giving you a pass on this. You do not have to be a Notre Dame fan. They are going to rip your heart out every single year. Here's what's going to happen. I even tried to talk her out of it because I felt like I talked her into it. And you know what? It, and especially once we got to the era of bowl games where guys started to sit out. And I thought, you know what? I, I can't care more about this than th- this has got to be entertainment. I mean, I love it, and my team wins. I'm not going to lie. I can't remember what the game was. It was Notre Dame, and and, and they beat someone this year, and, and I, t- I took a knee. I mean, I didn't do it like take a knee. Like, I just – I hit my knees. I was like, 
I can't believe we won that game. And I thought, you're a grown man. Get up. What's the matter with you? But Terry, I just needed a minute. Okay. I just need uh, to bask in that for just a second. Right. For a moment, I was on the team and then I had to you get caught up, man. Oh, I wish I, I could remember who that, that game was, but there there's been a couple of instances lately when we played Georgia, when I say we, when Alabama <laughs> has, play, has played Georgia that I have had to go and take a blood pressure pill. Cause I thought I was about to have a stroke. <laughs> I, I have to figure out what that was 20 um that game that's gonna drive me crazy because i remember going like later my wife she tapped out and uh i went upstairs and i i can't i can't remember the game it, it's uh it was a close one nothing makes sense right now it doesn't matter and uh i just i told her about it she's like you've lost your mind i, I know i know it's ridiculous but um it's fun I miss it. I'm looking forward to getting back here. If I lived up around where you live, I would have to be a Notre Dame fan myself. Just, I, honestly, the way I am, I would get caught up in the tradition. And because that's one of the big things that drew me to Alabama whenever yeah. I was a kid, other than the fact that my dad was like, you're going to play roll tide. And, you know, that's if I lived out on the West Coast. I would have been a USC guy. Yep. I I like the tradition of these some of these institutions like like Oklahoma and Texas. They're supposed to be coming to the SEC in 2024. I, I still don't logistically understand that one. Texas more so than Oklahoma, but you know it is what it is. I'm not wild about all, I'm not wild about the super conferences like they like they're doing. I, I think they're ruining the game. I agree. Personally, I think Texas and Oklahoma are going to get run out of that conference. I, I think they're in a bad way there. But Oklahoma can't stop Coastal Carolina. I don't know how they're thinking they're going to stop Alabama, Ole Miss, or any of these guys. But they'll the, whatever. That's their problem. But uh, yeah, in Indiana is just it's just not real good football. I mean, every once in a while, Purdue or Indiana will have like a maybe a three and zero start or something like that, and then Ohio State or someone comes to town and just runs them. You know. But growing up in Iowa, uh, you know. Kirk Ferentz has been there since I can't remember. They had Hayden Rock Fry before that. So Iowa is like they are who they are. They the fans now think they're going to be like an Alabama. They're going to, but when you get away from there, you're like, you're consistent, you're good. I know the product that's going to show up. I know what you're probably going to do. Great traditions at Iowa. I think Ohio State or Iowa State's trying to do that. I would say this though. You will never meet better people than in Ames, Iowa. They are some of the solidier people, man. So anytime they're game day or whatever, I'm I'm all for that. But yeah, you're right. I think th- there are some weird parts of the country, though. If you're upper north, I mean, I guess you could be like Oregon State or Oregon or Boise State. There's some strange programs, but um, it's there's there's nothing that identifies you to a region like college football. No, I mean, come on, as a Cardinal fan, they're all over the country. And I'm not really a Cardinal fan, but that's what my I guess that would be my team if I picked one. But Braves fans, Cubs fans, Yankees fans, those guys, NFL's the same way. You can live all over the world and root for certain teams, but when you say you're with your with your draw and you say you're an Alabama fan, people are like, oh, you must be from Alabama. Like it just works, you know. And I hate that we only get what 13 weeks of it. It goes so fast. It's the fastest time of the year. It's my favorite time of year. <laughs> I almost get I almost get a little depressed. And I use that term loosely, but I get down when it's the Army Navy game. I'm like, oh man. Yeah. It's over. Yeah. Season's over, but then you've got twenty, you know, twenty-five bowl games. 
Bucks or whatever. You watch them? Do you watch the bowl games? It depends. I love watching football. I'll watch. Yeah. I'll watch football on Saturday. I'm pretty much glued to the TV. Uh, it all depends on the matchup. Really, if if the matchup catches my attention, yeah, I'll tune in. You know, on some of the smaller ones. And ironically, most of the time, the smaller bowls are usually your better games. Yeah. Um, but it, it all really just depends on the matchup. So I always think I'm going to watch all these games and I get to scare, like, okay, you know, cause you got, we have like this Christmas break window, the kids are out of school, whatever, you know, and I really don't watch many of them until they get closer to new year's. But like you said, I, I've always had a, um, a, a bit of a fandom for coastal Carolina. Cause back in the day we used to go to Myrtle beach and we would drive through Conway to um, get back home. And, and I don't, I don't know. I don't know how long they've had a program, but one year I look over and there's a bunch of guys in teal, like having a practice. So I started to pay attention. Like, where are we? And so I started to like watch following them just a little bit, not much. And then, then all of a sudden they got good in the last few years, but um, so I'll, maybe coastal Carolina, maybe some other smaller schools I'd be curious about, but I, I never watch as many as I think I will, yeah. but Hey, the, uh, do you ever watch the division two playoffs? I have a little bit. Yeah. South Dakota state. Yeah. That's yeah. all I'm going to say. Yeah. Aren't they the Jackrabbits? I I can't remember. I think they are. But my God, what a football team! Every, <laughs> and they're every very year. consistent too. Yes, every year. It's yeah, like I. Uh, if, it's like if you're gonna if you're gonna win the Division Two playoff, you've got to go through South Dakota to get it. Yeah, they are the Jackrabbits. I just looked it up. Isn't that where? Uh, what was the Ravens quarterback one time? Then he sure. goes to school there, Flacco. It's either South Dakota or North Dakota. I can't remember yeah. now. So one of them is blue and yellow, one of them is green and yellow, but they're, they're both pretty. Yeah, it's the ones in the green. I think it's okay. green and gold. Green and gold is north, and blue and yellow is south, I'm pretty sure. Some Somebody's so, going to hear this and going to be like, just, I know. just ripping me a new one. I know. <laughs> That's how. <laughs> but. It well, it'd be like you, you and I sitting on the porch just having this conversation. We're going to make some mistakes. You know, we're going to say something. You know, like I just ticked off Purdue fans, but man, what else is to you? My kid, my kids go to school. My kid, my daughter is is like me. Like we crank it our fandom up a notch at times, especially like I do it after a loss. I will crank it up just so you know I'm not I'm not a fair weather guy. Yeah. Um, and then um, of course, if we beat somebody, then it's a little ridiculous. But she she does this, and she'll wear like Notre Dame gear every day. Which we live in Indiana. You think that no, the Purdue people get on her all the time. Like, what have you guys won ever? Like, what have you ever won ever? I mean, they've never won anything for crying out loud, but they will, they will yap their gums. Now I finally in my life, I think I met one good Purdue guy. So I, I'm, I, I, I've backed it off a bit because he's a good man, but the rest of them like, you haven't won anything. You're Purdue. Nobody knows where you're located. Some of the classiest fans that I have ever come across were Clemson fans. I agree. I agree. Isn't that crazy? I, they are some of the most polite people that I have ever come across in my life. And it wasn't from whenever Alabama played Clemson. I, I couldn't afford that ticket. But <laughs> it was <laughs> it was several years ago when um, Clemson went to the Peach Bowl over in Atlanta. This is when the Georgia Dome was still there. I had never been to the Georgia Dome. I wanted to check it off the list. And, you know, Atlanta's only like, two or three hours from the house. So 
we got in. Well, LSU was playing on that year. And I don't know if you've ever had any dealings with LSU. I've got a I've got two or three people in my circle that are LSU fans, but they are some of the, <laughs> they are some of the absolutely worst fans I've ever come across. It, it's weird. It's very weird. I can't stand a lot of them from the outside, but that is a fan base that I would have absolutely loved to play for. Can I tell you something here? LSU LSU has been my SEC team for I don't know I, I don't know why I, I think it's because they were in the college baseball all the time the Omaha yeah. and so I, I started like purple and yellow whatever yeah. so as LSU has been like my my on the side team down here in the SEC until Brian Kelly went there so we are currently seeing other people um, I I agree with everything you're saying there with LSU and some of that I I, I get it but as a guy who's so far away from all of that for me I just I don't know why which is weird because all the other purple and yellow teams in my life I hate them. I, I can't stand them. So somehow that became my team. I have an LSU little mini helmet next to a New Orleans Saints one over here, right behind the the deal. I got a bunch of teams back here, but um, I bought a duck call. I don't even duck hunt, but when they won the national championship, there was an LSU duck call. I bought that, but so I don't know any of that stuff. I, but that right now, my daughter, who also I, I brought her into this, we're seeing other people when it comes to SEC right now. So we're flirting with Ole Miss just to you know have something to do on. CBS Sports or ESPN, whatever it is, this fall. If you if you end up being a Mississippi State fan, you'll have to get a cowbell. I can't do it. I can't do that. I can't do. There's just certain schools you can't do. I don't. I don't yeah. know. I just can't do it. LSU kind of LSU fans kind of set a bad tone with me. My very first experience at Bright Denny was in '99. Somebody that I knew had an extra ticket. I was like, "Hey, you you want to go? Sure." When I sat on the 50 yard line on the home field side, it was the, it was one of those real close games that came down to the last play at the last second of the, of the game. Uh, one of our, our defensive end at the time broke his femur making a tackle to keep the, to save the game winning touchdown. You know what I'm saying? But we were walking around. I was just elated to be in Tuscaloosa, you know? I was, yep. you know, I was that guy that was going, that was seeing people come. Hey, good luck. Good game. Yep. <laughs> I was that guy just walking around, just, just smiling real big. Couldn't, couldn't believe I was there. Every time I'd come around to an LSU fan, I'd say, Hey, good luck today. Yeah. That they acted mad just because there was, it was a sunny day. <laughs> I mean, really, I mean, they didn't want to be there. They were you could tell that they were just ill. I, you know how, you know what I'm saying. Yep. You're a pastor. You know what I mean? Yep. (laughs) And (laughs) they were just, everything basically just made them mad. Yeah. Um, so also some of the classy fans that I've ever, it's Penn state, Penn state came down to Tuscaloosa, LSU, Penn state night and day. I mean, they were actually coming to us saying, Good luck today, you know, it wow. their, and everything else. Well, it was a big deal that Joe Pa had come to Tuscaloosa at the time. Yep. Now I'm I'm biased, I know, but uh, I think if you go to Green Bay, and let's say you're wearing Titans gear and they're playing Titans, you will get that good luck today in return. There'll be people inviting you to their tailgates, invi- giving you food, drinks, whatever. I'm, t- you know, Packer fans are a little over the top sometimes, but but you. 
there are NFL stadiums that you cannot walk into with other teams' gear. You you can more than welcome to walk into Lambeau Field, and they'll say, "Welcome to Lambeau," you know. And and I feel like that for the most part at Notre Dame, South Bend, you get that, especially from the the people that have some sense about them. There's always the idiots in the crowds, but overall, like you talk about going to Lambeau, if you're if you're covered head to toe in Titans gear, they're going to be like, "Glad you're here," right? Like they're going to root for their team and all that. But um, yeah, it's just, I mean, I, I think that there's some having some sense about you. Mm-hmm. Like, um, there's certain teams. If I see your your gear, I'm like, oh man. You know, it's that time of year, Terry, where you're getting to know people through podcasting and social media, and then September they're going to put their profile picture as a school, and you're like, I had no idea. I had no idea he was a blank fan. You know, and then that's that's what makes it fun. Yeah, as long as people don't take it to the extreme like they do with politics these days. Oh man, where as soon as you see that that logo or whatever. And then all of a sudden your, your whole opinion changes about that. I can't, I can't talk to this person anymore. They're a Republican or they're a, they're a LSU fan or whatever. I, I don't want to see that comparison. That's I've just seen a that bit too extreme. Kentucky fans basketball. Now football, they're starting to get allowed, but Kentucky fans basketball. I mean, they're big blue nation, big blue nation, but I mean, they're all about it, about it, about it. But if you say anything about them losing the game, it's like I thought you were better than that. I've, I know some people like they'll they'll be they'll be BBN in it all the time. If they lose, they'll immediately their next post within seconds will be like a Bible verse. It's like okay, don't don't post anything back on my wall because I posted John three sixteen. I'm like no, if you dish it out, you have to take it. Some people don't take yes. it. Really. Some I could take the heck on about Notre Dame. Shoot, I can make fun of them sometimes. They're doing some stuff right now. I'm like you're a joke. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't ask my opinion. Um, so I, that, you know, I'm now as a Packer fan, I am a, I'm an owner. I know that doesn't mean a lot, but, um, I do have a ballot where I can vote on something, but at the end of the day, you know, like, come on, man, just relax. If you're going to dish it out, you're going to heckle people. You got to be able to take it back. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. That's why I've, I've always used that, uh, phrase that they all, that Barry used to say about scoring. He never, he never could stand it whenever people danced around in the end zone or anything like that. He said, act like you've been there before. Yeah. You know, that's what I, it's just a game. If somebody, if we, if Alabama were to play Notre Dame tomorrow. And you thump us every time. And well, you know, I think if my memory serves me correctly, historically, Notre Dame has the edge on Alabama. Yeah, that's been that's been decades ago. Yeah. Same way with Ohio State. I'm like, every time we play those son of a guns, I was interviewing a guy, I don't know, like a month or so ago, and I did not realize he used to play at Ohio State. And in the middle of it, he mentioned something, but I'm like, I thought we just need to log off. This is uh no, he was a great guy, but uh they whoop us every single time. And I got family that lives in Columbus, and they just you cannot watch the game together. It's impossible. You have to do it separate. So and they know that. I think they know that. But if they don't, that's why I don't watch the game with you. I don't like to talk smack. I I mean, it's just me. I'm not against anybody that talks smack. But I just assume not do it. Why? Because every once in a while, Alabama loses. <laughs> and, you know, everybody has to storm the field and act like they've won a national title. And, you know, I get it. Uh, but I, then it, it's like er, everybody always wants to heckle the Alabama fan, but what they yeah. don't understand, some do, for the next week, it's Armageddon with Alabama fans because yeah. a lot of them that are younger 
don't remember the lean years. Don't right. remember when we, whenever we went six and six and went to the music city bowl, it was a fantastic season. Right. Right. You know, a lot of them good, bad, or indifferent have now grown up only knowing Nick Saban. Yep. So, you know, it, it's like anytime we lose, it's a meltdown. Well, it's like Patriot fans, you know, they, I mean, like, come on guys, that was pretty anemic for a long time until Drew yes. Bledsoe got there. And then we had, we, I'm not a part of this crap. Uh, then you got, you know, Tom Brady there. And then, you know, so that, there's a lot of Patriot fans that either don't remember or who have literally never lived when they were what we know as the Patriots. I remembered the Lou Holtz years and all that. I never did like Brian Kelly. He didn't ask me what I thought, but I never did like the guy. Um, I think there's a lot of issues there. So when he left, I'm not salty that he left at all. I think it's great. Um, I don't, I don't know what Cajun crawl dad, Brian Kelly is going to do all of a sudden down there in LSU. I don't, I think Marcus Freeman could be great, whatever. Um, but I think you, yeah, you forget what, what it's like. And I, that's that storm in the field thing you mentioned there. Like if you're, if you got a number in front of your name and you beat somebody, don't storm the field, you're ranked. Like should you not now, if you're unranked or you haven't beat like Kansas beating Texas a number of years, like yeah, absolutely. I totally get it. But if you got a number by your name, keep yourself off the field. Like act like you've won a like act like you're supposed to win that game. Or, or, but, or Vandy beating, you know, Tennessee for the first time in 25 years a few yeah. years ago. I mean, not I know I've got a couple of volunteer fans that listen to this, but they know how I feel. Beating Tennessee these days is not that big of a deal. <laughs> You know what? Tennessee fools me every year. Every year they're on TV and, you know, like one of the first games. And I think, I think they're going to be okay. I think they're going to. And, and so I start to pay, and then they, I got some Tennessee ball friends. So I'll pay attention or check them out when they're playing. I love SEC football. I mean, I, I find it, I've loved it for a long time. I mean, I don't care about any, like Notre Dame. People say, well, they're, well, they're, uh, they're overranked. You know, they only get to vote for themselves one time. So someone else is ranking them. Same way with SEC football. They're like, well, it's overhyped. Well, it's better. Like, it's just better football. I'd rather watch SEC football than ACC or Pac-10 or Pac-12, whatever it is now. I do like Big Ten. It's a style of play that's radically different. But um, turn the channel. I mean, we have all the games on now. You used to get one game. Now you have all the games. So you don't like it? Just turn the channel. But I like SEC football. I love the rivalries. I love seeing these stadiums full. I mean, I hate the Gators and all that. But I'll watch them play, you know, somebody I find interesting. And, um, yeah, I love it. I was a huge Steve Spurrier fan back in the day. I I don't know why. Uh, it might a lot of it was the fact that he spoke his mind. I'm yeah. a, and you know me. I'm yeah. I'm going to speak my mind. I'll be tactful about it, but I'm still going to speak my mind. But every time he, even whenever he talked smack, he backed it up. I mean, how how do you ever remember whenever? I can't remember the game, but I think they were backed up inside the 10 and it was like third down or whatever. He just, he called a, <laughs> he called a fly route and they just bombed it. You didn't, I mean, he brought out stuff like that, that you never really seen back in the day. Mm -hmm. You know, he brought a completely different style to the game, but I don't know. I was always a fan of his. I didn't really like Florida, but I loved Steve Spurrier. I don't root for any Florida teams. Um, no, no Florida teams. But 
I was I was shocked when he went to South Carolina. I know Lou Holtz been South Carolina. Everybody their dogs been South Carolina. I do not understand how South Carolina can't turn this thing around. It seems like you got beautiful weather. You have at least some fan support to a degree. And every year, South Carolina becomes a punching bag. And so as a guy who lives far away from there, I'm not in the world, but I'm like, how can South Carolina never turn this thing around? Are they in the wrong side of the conference or, or something? Like, what's the deal down there? Culture. No culture. Well, they brought in culture, coaches that had culture. Is it the? It's 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 just like North Carolina. That's that's basketball country. Yeah. Well, South Carolina doesn't have anything but good weather and beaches. I mean, they don't have they have no basketball. They haven't. I mean, they they might. I mean, they. I mean, not not on any national level. No. You know. So, I, man, I don't know. I uh, I think it's I just honestly I think it's the culture. They're not. I don't think that they are near as passionate about okay. sports in general as other player other places is in the SEC or around the country. I, okay. I honestly I think kind of like with Indiana. Yep. Indiana's not traditionally a football state other than Notre Dame. But you put a basketball in somebody's hands in the fall and it's a completely yeah. different story. They lose their mind over basketball right here. It's a different level. I mean, I'm, I grew up a basketball fan, but it's different. It's just different. Whereas with me, I don't even know college basketball is going on until after football. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't. Just, yeah, that's just me. Yeah, and I and I grew up playing all three sports, but I don't pay attention to college basketball near as much because I'm more invested in football. Yep, as is. 90% of the people in the state of Alabama. Now that Auburn's got Bruce Pearl and Alabama is coming along with their football, with their basketball program, UAB has always had a traditionally a better basketball team than they have anything else. UAB has been more or less a basketball school for my lifetime anyway. Yeah. But you don't, basketball is not that big in the state of Alabama. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's kind of a void area until baseball and women's softball rolls around. Man, on the ball field, you guys got some teams now like that, that the SEC again represents really well, like kind of like the big 12 when it comes to softball and baseball. Mm -hmm. As Notre Dame fans, pretty excited to beat Tennessee, but uh, we, we got it fed to us in Omaha, which, was going to happen again. I told my wife, she's so my wife's dad is from Oklahoma. So she's like, I'm rooting for Oklahoma. I think it'd be really cool if that's, I'm not like, I think Oklahoma just beat Notre Dame. I don't root for those chumps. Ole Miss. I'm like, I'm rolling. And I didn't watch hardly any games. I was out of town, but I, th I thought it was cool. They won. They won it all. But any, you know, I love seeing teams like Ole Miss and everything and do good because it's been so long since Ole Miss has done anything huge. And now that they're yeah. winning stuff, it, it it's good for them. It's good for the conference. Now, I will say I grew up a diehard North Carolina fan. I mean, I'd fight you to the death if you ran your mouth about Carolina. I don't know. I was a little – I was ridiculous. And uh, so, to this day, I can't clap at all for Duke. I don't, I don't care if they ever score another point in any sport ever. It's funny how that works. But uh, when Notre Dame joined the ACC, which is a whole nother conversation, but I, I said, I can't root for two teams in the same conference. Like this isn't going to work. So I said, winner gets my fandom. When Notre Dame went to Carolina and basketball one year, Notre Dame beat them. 
I ain't clapped for Carolina since we're done there. That sky blue is dead to me, but uh, I, I, I have a hard time. Like you guys, you rooting for Ole Miss is cool. Cause I, there are some teams ACC I could still root for, but like a Duke, a Michigan state, some of them, I don't care if they ever score ever again. You know, they, they don't care what I think, but. Um, My dad, you know, he put that in me young yeah. because of the Auburn, Alabama rivalry. Yeah. Uh, I, you've been to Alabama. I know yeah. people will ask you if you're Alabama or Auburn before yep. they'll ask you your name. Yep. It's that serious down here. Everybody wants to talk about how Michigan and Ohio state is the biggest college football rivalry. No, it's not. Sorry. I might be biased, but I've also, <laughs> got, but I've also got this fact to throw out there to you. Not one time has the Michigan Ohio state rivalry been shut down by the politicians in the, in their States, mm-hmm. the Alabama Auburn rivalry was shut down for close to 40 years because it was getting too rough. That's how bad it was at one point. Yeah. But so, there again, you got to have your opponent stay relevant. Yes. And I think Ohio state, Michigan, Michigan had some years where they were pretty pathetic. I mean, Ohio state would just run them out of the stadium. And so as long as your opponent stays relevant, there's a rivalry, yes. you know, yeah. I think, you know, if if Notre Dame becomes one and eight or one and nine, I mean, them and USC, I mean, it's interesting TV, but who cares? That's the one that's one of the many interesting things about that rivalry. It does not matter what you've done in the season. Yeah. When that game rolls around in November, you could be. You could be zero and nine, zero and ten, whatever. It's like both teams go zero. It's like the whole new yep. season right there. Yep. It, do, it does not matter. It's the weirdest thing that I've ever seen because no other rivalries like this. Mm-hmm. It does not matter what they've done before they got there because it, everybody everybody's jacked up and played and playing above their – I mean, it, it's, it is what it is. It's hard yep. to explain. You have to experience it. You have to see it. Now, I – I love all college sports. I really love radio, which is a weird segue here. Um, I have an app. I just found it this year called the Varsity app. And you can listen to games. You probably know this, but you can listen to games, football, baseball, whatever, all over the, the country if the school is connected to the Varsity app. And it's interesting to hear some of these rivalry games if you listen to, like, like I'm driving home from some holiday and I'm listening to Michigan's commentators commentate the game against Ohio State and you could just tell it meant more to them of course you got whooped for however many years in a row but it's just interesting to hear the commentators talk um, Tennessee when Notre Dame beat them in baseball they were pretty pretty flat line it was pretty basic you know and so I think your your radio and your TV that are connected to your brand does something for your audience does something for your fans you know Notre Dame on TV always has a pretty classy guy who's calling their TV games. You know, the, the guys, cause it's NBC, you know, the guys in the booth, things like that, the radio guys, the stadium announcer, those guys who become the voice of your team, they go such a long way in giving your fans a little bit more identity. You know, the Packers have Wayne Larravee and um, I can't remember the other guy, but it becomes you, it becomes like your extension, your voice. And so when they, you know, when, when Larry says that's a dagger, well, go on Twitter, everyone's calling a dagger all of a sudden when there's a big play. And I think that that helps too. You talk about Rocky top and the, the things you guys play in, in, in your stadium and what they play in Notre Dame, it all creates that brand. And if you're a recruit and you walk in, you got to go, this is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Alabama fans will 
mute their TV because they hate. <laughs> and I know hate's a strong word, but they hate the announcers on CBS. Yep. And you don't hear yep. it as much on ESPN and ABC, but I remember Gary Danielson and just everybody hating him. <laughs> and I'm I'm guilty. I didn't hate necessarily, but I would mute I would mute my TV and find it on the radio and listen to Eli Gold. Yeah. He is the voice of the tide. Yep. So you know, I, I would listen yep. to him. I hate I can't stand to listen to Gary Danielson and some of them because they're so it's either they're wishy washy or they're for the longest. They were it always seemed like the announcers was always against Alabama. It's like they're it's like they're always sounding biased. And yeah. you know, I'm I'm like you. If if I'm watching it on a major network, I want a little bit of neutrality. You know what I mean? Yep. Yep. But yeah, we had I don't have fans had that with the go ahead. No, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, I didn't have the, the varsity app. I didn't know about it, but I was, I had tune in radio. Ooh, I like tune in too. Yeah. You know, I, I have just about been able to find anything and everything. And whenever I was driving on Saturdays and stuff, then I had, I couldn't watch the game. I could always go to it and I could tune into whichever game yep. I listened to the red river shootout. I always, I always watch that game. If I can, Texas and Oklahoma, that's one of those games that I don't like to miss. So I listened to it while I was driving, while I was working and everything on a Saturday with that app. I thought it was great. I, I've never lived near my team until here. Like I'm two and a half hours from South Bend. That's the closest I've lived to them. I've always had to. So for me, radio has always been huge. You know, like growing up a Cardinal fan, their radio network is humongous. But the Varsity app, what I like is it, it, anywhere in the U.S., obviously any school that has it, but not only that, if you if that, let's say Alabama has a weekly radio show with Nick Saban, they'll they'll let you know when it's on. So I like Kirk Ferentz's weekly show or Matt Campbell's or whatever. It'll get now Notre Dame isn't on varsity app, but if your team's on there, you get the midweek stuff too, which I think is awesome, man, to get insights and and so when that guy's calling a game on Saturday, he's referencing his conversation on Tuesday. He's referencing the meeting yep. on Friday, you know, like Gary Danielson, they're getting like one meeting with these guys, and they're going to try to eat, play it either right down the middle or towards the underdog, one one or the other. They're going to try to keep the fans tuned into this thing. Where your guy, he's like, no, I'm all in. I'm all roll tied. Uh, like Jack Nolan calling the, the Notre Dame games, like he's on the road with these guys. Like he, it means more to him than it does Dan Dockage or whoever would be calling the game. Right. I'm a huge, huge college football. Love it. I'm trying to get back into college baseball like I used to, especially since we've got the SEC tournament and everything still in Birmingham. Mm-hmm. I was able to go to that a few years ago. Really enjoyed it. But it's like a week-long deal. I wasn't able to show up, but like on Friday or Saturday. But that's if you ever get a chance to go to any anything like that, definitely go. I do like uh... – you know, usually those college baseball games, you can still get in pretty cheap. Like we went to the yeah. blue gold scrimmage at Notre Dame. And after the scrimmage, they just said, Hey, softball and baseball is going on. Walk on in. Like there was no, there was no charge to go into that. Um, I've done that to like Louisville. We used to live in Southern Indiana. It's funny you say that when I first moved to Southern Indiana, uh, right on the river, like right there by Louisville. And they're like, are you Louisville or Kentucky? And I'm like, neither. They're like, you got to pick a team. I'm like, then I'll take Louisville. 
but I'm, I'm neat. You know, like they, they were the same way because their basketball was so heated between the two of them. I don't know if it still is. I'm sure it is. It is. You'd walk in on church on Sunday and Indiana would try to get in there too. And there'd be people in those, you know, candy stripe pants, you know, like rubbing it in if they beat Kentucky or whatever. And, and, uh, and it was, it was, it was crazy. But again, growing up, I didn't know Louisville and Kentucky were rivals. I mean, we weren't interested in whatever conference they were in or whatever their deal was, but boy, you go down there. It's like what you're saying. When you live in that culture, it's uh it's a cool experience for the most part. I didn't know it was as serious as it was until I started, I started having to drive up there. I'd never been to Louisville before until I got in a truck. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, yeah. I knew that I knew it seemed like it was kind of big whenever they played basketball. That would be the only time where I'd see or hear from it. And it wouldn't be because I'd just tune in, even though Kentucky is one of the schools that I will, if I see them play in college basketball, I'll tune in and watch. Why? There, it's the tra- It goes back yep. to what I was telling you, the tradition. Yep. You know, I get sucked into traditions a lot. I, I will say this. I went to Notre Dame at Louisville probably three years ago. So it'd probably been the September before – the COVID year. So that was what, that 2019 and Louisville got up 14 to nothing on Notre Dame early on. And I, that is the loudest stadium I'd had ever been in at, at now. I know there's louder ones, but for me sitting where I was sitting, I thought I have never heard any stadium I've been in this loud. It also became the quietest stadium I'd ever been in after Notre Dame went on about a 56 Oh run to, to, to flip this, the script there. And I mean, but it it it's it's pretty. They have a nice tradition down there. I think it's underrated. The Louisville Cardinal football tailgating and all the things they got going on. I was like, I had no idea. I mean, I lived down there around that area for a few years. I had no idea it was that good. Um, and their football team wasn't very good, so it wasn't like they were bandwagon fans. They were just fired up for the first game. But um, I was impressed. I thought it was pretty cool. Well, they you've also got to remember they haven't been as big as they are for long. Yeah, I mean, at one point in time, they were playing in Conference USA with UAB. Well, Papa John helped some of that with his money and stuff, but yes, he did. He, he's gone. There ain't no Papa John, nothing nowhere down there now. I don't even remember what the stadium's called, but um, they're they're trying to kind of rewrite the script down there. They got you know like this idea, like we're all like fan club type stuff, and yeah, and they're you know, and the Yum brand, you know, KFC, Taco Bell, and all them. They're huge, huge supporters of that stuff. Yeah. Well, that's like Memphis. Memphis was in Conference USA with yep. UAB not too long ago. Yep. And they actually they were actually almost begging the Big 12 to take them in last year. Huh. FedEx, you know, FedEx is huge in Memphis. Huge. Yep. FedEx flat out said, we will, if it's the stadium, you don't want to play in the Liberty Bowl, we will build you a stadium. Huh. Just let them in. Yeah. Still turn them down. I bet I bet they might change that tune and everything in the in the coming. I bet month. today they would change the conversation pretty quickly. And yeah, I mean that would be huge, and you know, in a lot of in a lot of instances, because Memphis has always been historically a, an Alabama recruiting hotbed. Yep. You know they haven't been able to get as much success recruiting out there now as they were in the past due to the Memphis's success. Mm-hmm. What's been going on with you lately? Let's segue oh, way off of college football. We I can talk college football all day. Yeah, no. Um, 
man, I don't, you know, I'm a guy, I don't go very many places. I really don't. And, um, as a matter of fact, if I figure out that you can deliver it to my house, I'm definitely not going to go get it. But, uh, from March to just last week, man, I have been on the run like crazy. And, um, I went, had a, had a deal in Kentucky, had a deal in Missouri, went to Louisiana, went to uh, Carolina, went to Tennessee for all for different things. So, um, I I'm home now for, for a long, a while, I guess. I definitely wanted to talk to you about your trip to Louisiana. If you, if you want to go there, if you don't, it's your show, whatever you want to do. How did that come about? Well, I'll, gi- I'll give you the story. So a couple of years ago, I reached out to Al Robertson. I was watching a podcast. You know, they had their books on the table and he had a book that looked different than the rest of the books. And so I Googled it. It was Desperate Forgiveness. He wrote it with his wife. And um, I read it and I thought, man, this is a this is a powerful book. Very honest about the things they've gone through, some of their struggles and, you know, kind of restoration, God healing their marriage, et cetera. And so I reached out to him and said, man, I, I, if you're willing, I'd love to have a conversation with you. And um, anyone that's, I don't know, on a different level than, than the average guy, it just, you just got to be patient. It just takes. And so for him, he eventually got back with me. We, we figured it out. We did a podcast. It was great. And then um, when Uncanceled came out, I don't know, one day I just got a, a wild hair and start, I, I, I guess I emailed him. I don't exactly remember doing that, but I mean, it's there. So I did. And, and so I emailed him specifically and said, I don't know if you remember me, but, and I said, man, I'd love to talk to your dad about this. Now I know Phil doesn't like to do any do podcasts and doesn't like to do this stuff. So I said, you know, if you and him are together, I thought, well, that'll be a, you know, whatever. And I, th- I threw out there, I'm pretty sure um, I, I'm even willing to go down there if that would make it easier. You know, I've never been to Louisiana. I don't know where I'm going, but I was like, I'll even go, I'll go down there if you know, make it easier. Um, so again, long period of time. Th- th- I say that some of this is vague because this is back in like January. So in February, he reaches out and says, Yeah, let's do it. You know, we we figure out whatever. Um, why don't you come down? Well, somewhere along the way, he says, Um, how about this? Why don't you be on our show first and then we'll do your show? And I thought, I didn't, I mean, that wasn't what I was asking. And so I'm going to keep my cards to the chest kind of guy. I don't like to share a ton of information. It's not like I'm hiding anything. I just, I don't like to you give enough of yourself, right? You know what I'm saying? So, but I thought, uh-oh. So I called one of my elders. I said, hey, um, just want you to know this is what's going on. I was planning on just going down, coming right back, not telling anybody, just doing this deal. But if I'm on his show, it's a little different. Yeah. So I, I let these guys know. We kind of message back and forth. We figure out on this date, at this whatever, I'm going to meet you at Duck Commander at 9 a.m. on this day. Great. Well, the Saturday before we're supposed to leave, I get a message from him saying, hey, man, change the plans, um, whatever. He, he, he was he was down in Alabama or he has a Gulf Shore house or something. I don't anyhow, there was some logistics and Jace's new show. And I thought, well, that's over. So um, I said, well, you want me to reach out to you again or what do you want? He's like, give me a couple of weeks. And then so we do it again. Again, he's traveling. Something happens. And I, and I was going off on a trip to meet some guys. And I just thought, well, that we that ship has probably sailed anyhow. Um, about a month or so later, I get an email from him going, Hey, I didn't forget about you. Here's three dates. You want to try this again? You want to do And I was like, okay. So we took the first one thinking, well, if that doesn't work, then. Then you've we'll got go the other two. We got the other two as a backup. Yeah. But again, you know, like I, I like my wife was going to come with me. She's at, she's got a job, so she's got to get time off. And I only told like a couple people because I didn't want to look like, Hey, look what I'm doing thing. And, and again, you don't know how it's going to go. If it's even yeah. going to go. Their right. world is just, they are, Terry, they're just like you and I, man, but their world is so much different than ours at the same time. So we get down there late. 
I preach on Sunday. We drive straight down to West Monroe. I didn't know where we're at. I mean, I, shoot, we went some of the back roads of Arkansas or what. Well, anyhow, we get there and we drive to Duck Commander. And I'm like, I can't believe I'm sitting at Duck Commander in West Monroe, Louisiana. And next thing I know, Al rolls up. We hop in with him. Um, he's got Chick-fil-A for breakfast. And we go to a house and it's Phyllis's house on the property. I couldn't tell you where we're at, man. It is literally in the middle of nowhere. Um, there's a gate you got to get through and all these roads. And so Tony, her husband's outside. He says, hi, whatever. Um, and I remember thinking to myself, when we do the podcast, like I'm thinking like what I think the property's laid out. Like, man, I'd love to like kind of look up, see if I could see the house, Phil and Kay's house. Next thing I know, man, we pull up to Phil and Kay's house and I'm like, I, I don't, man, I don't know what to do. And so Al just gets out, walks on in, says, y'all coming. I thought, okay. So my wife and I kind of look at each other. Like, I guess we're going in, man. I, I'm not a nervous guy. I was nervous. And so I walk in, like, I'm not supposed to be here. And Phil's in the kitchen. Kay's right in front of us. My wife and her start talking about a shirt they're wearing or something. I don't know. Phil says, are there any ducks in Indiana? I said, I think so. I don't duck hunt, but um, he makes the crack about ladies talking or something and winks at me. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on here. So my wife and I go sit on a couch together. We, I mean, they got like couches around there. It, it's exactly what you think it is. We are literally sitting on the same cushion. I mean, we're that like uncomfortable. I mean, they're comfortable people, but you're, I'm not supposed to be there. And uh, we eat our Chick-fil-A and Phil talks to us. Kay talks to us. He gets up and leaves and uh, they laugh about Phil just walking out. Cause that's what he does. They take us to the, the lair. Terry, they're recording their podcast, man. We're sitting in the back, listening to it. headphones, just like what you got right there. We're listening to them talking. They're about 45 minutes into it. And I seriously, in my heart say, God, I don't want to do this. I, I do not want to be on this show because it would be like you, your wife, your mother-in-law, whatever at the kitchen table. And you're having a conversation, a family conversation. And you look over and go, Hey, Jared, why don't you join us? I don't want to be any part of that conversation. And that's what it felt like. They are that much just having a conversation like you and I are having. And so eventually I got on there. It's all blur. And um, I think it, I remember telling myself, shut up. People do not want to hear you, man. Um, so get out of the way, let those guys talk. And, but yeah, I, it was, it was cool. They were regular guys. It was pretty cool. Very kind to us. Now, I'll say this. Uh, we call Phil the you say guy because he's always like, you say, you know, that's just kind of how you paraphrase the way he's fixing on saying. So my wife, when we're done, tells him that he's like, hey, my husband told my son we were coming down here to see you. And he's like, man, that's pretty cool that dad gets to meet the you say guy. And Phil just starts smiling. I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, how's this going to go? Like, don't tell her the story. Don't tell him the story. And he's like, hey, give me that. And they take like a Duck Commander Bible and Phil signs the inside of it. And it says, like, get out of here alive or something. And Al writes from the you say guy. And they both signed it. And so they're just kind men, regular guys. Jace was there. It was, I mean, that was a lot of information real quick. I'm sorry. Oh. That's what I was looking for. I saw that, you know, I, I've told you before, I, I follow your Instagram account pretty close. I saw that and I was just like, wow, you know, my boy made it, you know what I mean? <laughs> and I, in all seriousness, you know, I was, and I think I even made a comment. I was like, it's amazing to see what kind of doors the Lord is opening up. Yeah. And, and again, it, you know, I mean, on one hand, I would tell anybody like, Hey, if you want to have a conversation with someone, reach out to them. I mean, that, that's kind of how it started with Al a couple of years ago. Um, and, and, and so, you know, man, you've done this long enough now, Terry, there are guys who are really, 
I hopefully like me, I, I feel like I'm pretty easy to work with. Like we'll figure out a time, no big deal, whatever. There are other guys that just will not get back to you. They will literally ghost you. Uh, maybe you've had that experience. I've had it. I've had guys not had show up when I, I'm sitting in a microphone, headphones, I've blocked out the house and, and, and no, they won't show up. No message, no nothing. And then there's just, you know, like I said, just regular good guys. And I, and, and I would say they're in that category. It's just, their world is so different. Now, the more Al and I talked, you know, about Christianity or the Bible, church, whatever, we knew a lot of the same people, which is pretty, pretty cool. Um, they were, they were very real and whatever. Um, it's just, I mean, you and I aren't going on Sean Hannity. No. We're not having, you know, um, Ted Cruz come down and hunt with us. We're not having that. Like that. We, our kids aren't going speaking at passion conferences. We're not on Fox nation, you know? So that part, it's very different, but I'll tell you, at least in my experience, what you see is what you get. And I, at one, at one hand, I'm looking at him just like I'm looking at you and just like going, we're having a conversation with these guys. And there's another part of me like going, what are you doing? Like, what, what, you know, like, like Phil, you know, sh- I have a thing. He's sharing the gospel with me. Like, I think I know the gospel, but Phil's going to share the gospel because that's who he is. And, and you're just like, man, that's, that's what, but Terry, you're that guy for somebody else. That's what hit me when I left there. Like, we're all that person for someone else. We're all that person that they're like, they look to you, they admire your work ethic, they admire that you do this, they admire how you treat your wife, they admire how you carry yourself. We're all that person for someone else. You are that guy that if you would invite this particular person, oftentimes we don't know who they are, into our living room, they'd be like, this is pretty cool. I'm sitting here. That's why I say like with tribe and these things, when we meet up, like let's say you and I get to meet up, we're going to be looking at you going, there he is. He's not on a square no more. He's in real life. This is so cool. That's exactly what it is. And that's what heaven's going to be like. You'll probably look at me whenever we do do this and be like, I thought you were taller. Everybody says that about me too. <laughs> and I, you know what? We have some guys in tribe. They must, there must be a, there must be some kind of complex. There are certain guys who, when they meet any guy in tribe, they have to mention their height. I don't know what it is. I had a guy tell me that once. He's like, I thought you were taller. Whoever takes your pictures makes you, I said, nobody takes my pictures, man. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, I think I'm like, five, nine, maybe. I don't know what I am, but I'm ugly. I mean, there's nothing, there's nothing about my appearance that would say I want to hang out with that guy, but that's what it is. I did my best to grow a beard like you. I did. <laughs> <laughs> it was around, I, I would assume it was around October, November. You know, they do the whole no shave November thing. Okay. So I was like, you know what? It's been a minute since I let it grow out. It hadn't been too long since I had talked to you, if my memory serves me correctly. And my girlfriend was always about, you need to let it grow. You need to let it grow because I used to keep it trimmed down a lot. I finally was like, you know what? Let it go. See what see what happens. It was looking all right between everything going on at work and everything like that. It looked like it was getting grayer by the day, but it was looking all right. <clears throat> and then all of a sudden this heat wave came around and I was like, I, I can't, I can't do this. And you're out. It's killing me. I might try it again, come October, November, but I had to go back to just the goatee, man. Had to now, do I don't, it. I don't live in the South. So let me say this. I, number one, you pull off the goatee pretty well. If I do that, my Thank moms you. are grabbing their kids close to their chest. If I walk by the goatee, but um, <laughs> I will say this, I feel if you're going to grow a beard, you don't start in the summer. You're going to need to start, you know, whenever your, your fall rolls around, like that's when you start, you get the benefits to the winter. By the time you get to the summer, you even forget you got it. Like I'm sitting at the beach, yeah. 
if anything, it's my sunscreen. It's covering my face. Like I, I don't think of it anymore. There is a window of time growing a beard that you go, I either got to commit or shave this off. And if you just, but it's not for everybody. It gets caught in my seatbelt. It gets, I get ice cream in there and all kinds. I mean, Hey. Same. That's why I, I, people, if I was eating dinner, well, if they was cheese or anything like that and something drip off yeah. it, I didn't know it. Yeah. Like, Hey, <laughs> I don't, I mean, my, my wife is all for it, which, which helps. Um, I think the more homeless I look, the more she's into that. So for me, I have zero incentive of like the worst time for me is uh Saturday night. Cause I have to pick out a shirt to preach in on Sunday morning. I, and if you ever saw me preach, you're like, that took you a long time to pick out. It was a flannel shirt. I hate having to pick. So for me, it's basically a t-shirt shorts, flip-flops t-shirt, you know, and when I get, when it gets cool out, I have these, like they're called uh chore boots. Cause you just slip them on that I wear every day. I don't want to deal with that stuff. So for me, this just letting this go is just so much easier than another I don't reason, I don't want to do that. It's another reason why we get along. That's it. Yeah. I, I wore I have wore blue jeans one time in the last four or five months now. Yeah, I'm with you. That was this past Sunday whenever I went to church. I have a suit. If someone dies or gets married, I can, I can do that. I have some, I, I mean, I can dress up if I need to. I used to kind of trim it up a little bit. And so I thought, no, you know what you got when you're running me. So this is what, this is what you're getting. But um, I, I just say, man, I, you know, I'm married with three kids. I don't have to impress anybody anymore. It, it, right. I, I want my bride to not be appalled by me, but other than that, I don't want to, I'm not trying to embarrass my children. Um, but at the end of the day, like, it's just not, it's just not, a, I'm not concerned. I'm not concerned about it. I know that scripture says, you know, man looks at the outside, God looks at the inside. So I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to create a show either. You know, I don't, I don't want any unwanted attention. I, my thing is blend in without fitting in. So I just want to blend into the crowd, but I, I don't want to be part of the world either. I don't want to be living like the world. You know, my growing up, it came in on the, uh, you know, we were, we're Pentecostal and it, it was on the tail end of the whole, you've got to wear it dresses down to your ankles, no makeup, long hair, yeah, no earrings. You know, you can't wear blue jeans to church, blah, blah, blah. If you were a man, excuse me, but all of that garbage. Yep. My mom and dad were thoughtful enough or thought enough of this and were convicted in their hearts to where they taught me. It doesn't matter what you wear. Lord's not, Lord's not worrying about what you're wearing to church as long as you're there. And as long as you're there with the right, with the right heart, I grew, I went, I went blue jeans, everything like that. And this, this ought to tell you how, uh, rebellious or spiteful I, I have been in the, in the past, but I'm that guy that would, that has literally wore shorts and a tank top to church on Easter Sunday, just oh. strict. Just strictly for the fact, oh, everybody's expecting you to be in your be- in your brand new suit and everything like that. I'm not that guy. I, I'm not that getting yeah. caught up in all of the, all of that garbage kind of ruins the holidays for me. Yeah, you know what I mean. I that's not why we're here. We're here to we're here to celebrate the birth of Jesus on Christmas. We're here to to celebrate the death and the resurrection on Easter. We're not here to we're not here to for a beauty pageant. I, I would say like, if my wife gives me a cue 
like family pictures or, Hey, we're all wearing this color on, on this day, whatever. I'm a team player. I'm, right. I'm, I'm going to default to her. Like, hey, you, you want me to, to an extent, there have been times that she's picking out something and I'm like, I ain't wearing that color. It's not going to happen. So if, if that's what you want, we're going to have to plan B, but to, yeah, a main thing for me would be, I, I don't want to be a distraction. You know, I wouldn't want to ever cause a hindrance, uh, so for men or women to, you know, hear the gospel or whatever, but at the end of the right. day, um, God is more concerned with my heart, but he also knows my motives too. So I have to, I have to check that. But I think for me, you know, like I was never really, I, I tried, I tried to be a little more participation trophy guy for a while and stuff. And I think, you know, pre COVID this thing's unraveling and, and I actually, there's a picture of me standing in my garage and I'm wearing, I guess what I had wore for all the lockdown, which was basically sweatpants, hunting boots, a, a camo jacket, because it has a nice inside pocket. If you're carrying uh, a stocking cap, whatever. And it, I wore that every day for, I don't know how long. And I thought I'm done trying. Like to me, that was a turning point. I shouldn't say trying, but at, at the end of the day, you're like, you gotta be you, man. This life is short. I'm not about getting caught up in frivolous things. I'm not going to be fighting over stupid things on social media. I've even throttled all that posting and stuff back because what's the point? I, I mean, even Notre Dame last year, I think I posted once a week on the weekend if they won. And there's always somebody who gets really worked up. We'll go back to college football that I'm a Notre Dame fan. They just, it just irritates them. And uh, so it's a little more fun. Like I would just put like the shamrocks of how many wins they had or how many losses. And uh, other than that, I didn't post anything. Cause I'm like, whatever, you know, um, I don't, you don't want unwanted. There's enough stuff going on. There's enough stuff to derail you, you know? So man, be our best. We should be our own filter for our home, for ourselves. People like, Oh, Facebook's so toxic. That's because you're making it toxic. You know, you can, you can unfollow people. You can set your posts to have privacy limits. You can, I mean, you can do all the things like for me, I wouldn't know you if it wasn't for social media. So yes, there's times it's tiring, but I mute a ton of people. I mean, I unfollow a ton of people uh, on social media because I can't unfriend them because it's weird, but I only see the things I want to see. So for me, it's fantastic. Right. I uh, had a thought. <laughs> it was a good one. When it comes to social media, well, that's what we were talking about. I have throttled back a lot of mine as well, just simply for the fact that if you post your opinion or anything like that, and that's one thing that drives me crazy about society as a whole these days, going back to college football, you yeah. could be the biggest Notre Dame fan there is. I might, I might be one of those people that anytime Notre Dame football comes on, I just want to flip the channel because I can care less yeah. about the green and gold, even though they wear blue all the time. You know, <laughs> you know I could care less. Any, I could be, I could be rooting for the other team just simply for my hatred of yep. Notre Dame. That doesn't change my opinion of you as a person. Right. I can, I can still respect you, and I can still call you friend, even though you may pull for Notre Dame where I don't like them. Whereas these days, and that's what we were talking about a little earlier. You can post your team logo. You can post your political views on on there, which. I think in a lot of instances, our political views need to go back to the old school where nobody really talked about it Mm -hmm. to a degree, Mm -hmm. to a degree. 
at the same time, I'm also a believer that we need to have open conversations about different stuff and learn how to learn how to respect other people's opinion again. And I think that social media as a whole has given people a little bit too much, of too much of a, uh, entitlement mm. to be able to say exactly whatever it is that they wanted to say without any repercussions. So like, I, I think Mike Tyson said this before, a lot of people who, or aren't scared to say a lot of stuff, or they wouldn't say half the stuff they say if they were to say it to your face because they'd be afraid they'd get punched in the mouth. And I'm not I, calling for violence by any means, but right. I'm just saying a lot of a lot of people just say whatever they want to. We would not have to worry about any kind of repercussions about it. That's why I said there is always a place for conversation, whatever side of the fence you're on, whatever the topic is. I said as a pastor, people are like we need to have more conversations. That's right, not Sunday morning. To me, Sunday morning is to preach the gospel, to preach the Bible. And, and so we go, we go through books of the Bible, which helps as far as our study and, and where we're going. Tuesday night, yep, let's open the doors up. Let's let people come in. Let's talk about whatever topic you want to talk about. Absolutely. But for me, Sunday morning, is that's not the place. Um, Agreed. Same way, same way with Facebook. That's not the place to have social discourse over a hot button topic. And then I respond to you and someone likes your comment and they angry face my comment. And suddenly now we got a three-way war. We got no. Yeah. Um, there is a place, there is a place and podcast is a place to do that. It, you know, uh, sitting at a table on a porch, whatever is a place to have discourse. We don't do that. So a lot of people, you know what it is. You make a post and ant cookie cakes from out of nowhere. You're like, I didn't even know I was friends with her anymore. I never hear a word from her, but she's going to weigh in or this. I mean, I got guys that weigh in. I'm like, I don't even really know you, or I know you by default because I know other people, but suddenly you think you can bring your big mouth and jump in on what I'm talking about, hit the bricks guy. And so for me, anything I've posted that is like what we're talking about here for the most part, I do it in my story. My story is going to last 24 hours and you can comment on it and nobody sees it. So you DM me, man, I can't believe you like that. You just, Okay. Only you and I see it. And if we want to go back and forth, that's fine. Otherwise, here's my, here's my tension. I feel if I make a post of any kind, that would be an opinion, which I have done and you comment. I really feel the wrestling match of, do I need to follow up or do I need to let it go? Or like, what do I do with that? So I don't want to look like, you know, I'm endorsing chaos. And I mean, I've had to message people like, Hey man, my bad, that person's crazy. I'm sorry. You know? So for me, I've pulled all that back and I'll, I'll, my stories, I might get a little more, I don't want to say controversial. I, I posted like Roe versus Wade stuff, or again, my sports team or politics, whatever. If you want to DM me, that's fine. But right. when people leave comments outside of promoted on Sugar Shack or whatever it is on that Instagram, nuts. <laughs> I just start responding to them all. They don't respond back, but I just start responding to them like, hey, I had a chicken salad sandwich for lunch. How about you? You know, like you're like, what did that have to do with anything? Well, same way with their post. What did it have to do? I and mean, these are just bots, but yeah. it's chaos. But it used to be social networking. Now it's social media. Networking meant you and I are connecting and we're getting to know each other. And that's that now it's social media. It's all about this in your face entertainment 24 hours a day. And I'm like, our brains are not built to have this digesting of information all the time. We need a reprieve. The overstimulation. Yeah. 
I mean, your brain, the brain that we, you and I have in our skull hasn't changed for over 2,000, 5,000 years, and yet we're bombarding it with information all the time. And then we wonder why we're having anxiety and mental breakdowns, whatever. These people were living out in the fields where the highlight of their night was going to bed or looking at the stars. For other people, it's just scrolling mindlessly or getting in arguments or watching YouTube rabbit trails or getting on. I watched a, a news guy last night that I've never watched before. I'm like, I'm just curious. I'm going to see what he's talking about. I didn't disagree with him, but I thought... Ooh, I could see why after a while you'd get off this thing and you'd be fired up, you know, with whatever they're talking about. Yeah. Turn it off, man. Go off the grid when that's just, just be done with it. I think there's a lot of people out there right now where if you was to take their cell phone away, <laughs> take, take their laptops, their tablets, and literally go out in a field and just say, sit here. I think they would go crazy. I don't think they could handle it. Yeah. Why? Because they're so over stimulated and oversaturated with stuff. I don't think, <clears throat> I don't think a lot of people know how to just sit there and be quiet anymore. It's like yeah. me, uh, whenever I was working at the jail and even now to this day, and I'm, I'm getting better at it, but I'm nowhere near what it was. If I had, while I was there at the jail, I had to, you, you're a hunter right? Picture sitting in a hunting stand for eight hours a day and the wind's not even blowing. There's not even a squirrel running around. There's no rabbit hopping around. It's just quiet, but you're sitting there and you're hunting and you're having to stay mentally alert at all times. Yeah. Your, your mind just starts finding stuff. It was almost yep. like it it was almost to the point where I almost gave myself ADD or something. Yeah. I couldn't shut my mind off. So whenever I would come home, I couldn't just shut everything off and go to sleep. Couldn't do it. So I started sleeping with my TV on and everything like that, where mm -hmm. if I put on a, t and I it never failed, I always fell asleep faster to new movies than I had something that I had already seen mm. because I could focus on that TV show or whatever, and it slowed down the 50,000 things that was racing through my head. So where I could just focus on that and I could relax and go to sleep. Like I said, getting better at it now, but I, if you were to, if, if you were to just say, shut everything off and go to bed right now, I'd be up on that. I've got to have something going. Mm -hmm. if, oh, I go to music or something. I've got to, have, I go to sleep. Headphones every night. I go, I just, it helps me rest. I don't, you know, I was thinking, as you're saying that last fall, we took a, a family a hiking trip into Kentucky. And so one of my things, and I don't blast it a lot, but when I leave town, like I don't promote it. Like I don't check in at all the restaurants. I, Hey, by the way, I'm not at home. So if you guys want to stop by the house and get a few things, you know, I, yeah. so I was telling my kids that on the way down, my kids are teenagers. And then I got one that's nine now, but, um, the place we we're going had said, Hey, we don't have great cell reception. So if you're using it for GPS heads up, whatever. So anyhow, when we get there, I think I know one of my kids, if not both had phones, put them on airplane mode. And I did too. And it was funny because we're talking about going back to this fall and that that's one of the highlights. They, they liked the fact that there was no Wi-Fi, that there was no, but the funny thing was when we would get on the road to like go to different trails, they would turn their phones on and all their friends were like, are you mad at me? Like, cause they weren't responding immediately to text immediately to these things. And so you almost have to tell people like, 
say, I'm not mad at you. I'm just going to be off the grid for a minute here, you know, because we do like, we expect a response. We expect, you know, something. And again, we're not hardwired to be on all the time. You know, like you, you need to say, you know what? And, you know, unless it was a dire emergency, I'm going to roll the dice. How many times is your phone a dire emergency that somebody had to get a hold of you? Most of the time it's not, or just out of boredom, we scroll or we click or we, you know, whatever. And then again, we wonder why, I mean, everything you look at on social media, Terry has already happened. Mm -hmm. So if you get on and somebody posts a picture of their lunch, you're like, dang, my lunch suck compared to that. Or they get a new vehicle, they go on vacation, whatever. When you go on social media, you're always behind because it's already happened. So you're in real time. They're posting something. So when I get back, I'll make some posts of that place when I'm already back home. But again, if you're looking at my feed, you're like, dang, he's down in Louisiana. No, he's not. He's back in Indiana. He just didn't post about it while he was down there or he's at the beach. I I posted something from the Red River Gorge the other day. They're like, oh, you're at the gorge. I'm like, nope, did that months ago. But I just decided to make the post. But they're like, oh, he must be off having this great trip. Nope, that was March. But but our mind says they're doing this right now. We're behind. And so you look at your life and go, my life stinks. You know, I used to do that with podcasting. I look at people that had guests or whatever, like, man, I ain't got, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe that guest isn't for you. You know, right. there was a guest I had reached out to, gosh, last spring. I got a no from their assistant. Like two days later, they're on someone else's podcast. I'm like, well, that stinks. You know what? Maybe that wasn't a good fit. Maybe the Lord said, you know what? You got some things you got to learn before you, you know, and for me, I don't know about you, some of the best feedback I've gotten from guests or from people that listen are guests that nobody's heard of the average Joe guy. And I'm like, that's who I reach. I reach the average Joe guy. I reach blue collar first responders, you know, military guys, truckers. I got a guys that are all there going across the country, listening to these podcasts. Those are my guys. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not reaching many CEOs. That's not my network. So the average Joe resonates with them. And there ain't nothing wrong with that either. It's awesome. I met some incredible human beings that way. Yeah, you will. That, you know, just like I've told you before, and this is what I, I'm going to be me. I'm going to be authentic. You're going to be authentic. And the people that are listening to porch matters and the people that are listening to the pursuit of manliness are going to be drawn to authenticity. They're going to see, and they're going to get what they're going to see. You know, well, imagine we're, not, we're not for everybody, even <laughs> though we should be, because we're awesome. Well, that's true. And humble <laughs> and, and humble. And but humble. Let's yeah. say, let's say I run into you in a grocery store in Alabama. I end up in your town somehow. I'm getting a few things. I come around a corner and there's Terry in khakis, polo shirt tucked in. And, uh, you know, and, and nothing like, like you I'll go right there with but, the khakis and the polo. Tucked but you know I'm saying like. <laughs> Where, where's the where's the tank top where's the backwards ball cap where you know i'm like you get an idea of these who these people are yeah. i promise you there's a 99 chance if you run into me anywhere on this planet this is exactly what it is and this is not like an outfitter this is who you are and you say all that because you, you want people to go and this is this is who we are like the church where i serve we're not for everybody you know uh the the things that the podcast the things that you do it's not for everybody there you and i could put out the same piece of content and reach two radically different groups that's just the way it is it is i just got to believe god knows exactly what he's doing it's getting to the people that need to hear it 
And I know through your podcast, you're reaching people who are saying, I found you through this, or I, I mean, the way they find you, you got to go, are you kidding me? Right. (laughs) So random. God took care of you. He knows exactly what he's doing. Publicly. I joined tribe this session. I'm not really wanting to go into all the ins and outs, but I'm saying this publicly to you publicly and to my listeners that I have been behind on it. You know this. I told you this in the message the other day. Work has been crazy, but I'm going to be catching up this week. That, but there, but we talk about tribe. There is no behind. So like today is what June 6th. I don't know when this goes live, but it's June 6th. If you open up your guide or whatever, you jump in on June 6th. Like what we don't want to do with any of these things is create a greater guilt complex in people. You know, your podcast, the Porch Matters podcast, is to have conversations with people about, about topics that interest you so that it may interest somebody else. I'll have people that will reach out and go, man, I'd love to be on your show. And I look at what they're about and I'm like, I just, that doesn't fit right now. It may fit down the road. Right. Uh, that may fit later on. And it's not like, well, you think you're better than me. Not at all. No. You know, you know what you're doing. You're thinking about your audience going, man, here's what I think they would want to hear. Or here's a conversation that I, that would resonate with me. I think it I've had conversations with some guests at times that I'm thinking to myself, honestly, Terry, I wouldn't listen to this. <laughs> I'm thinking, oh man, how am I, you know, what am I going to do? And so for me, I've even stopped at least in this season. I think it'll change here. And when I get back, but I've stopped even promoting the podcast on social media. I did today. I made one on the story because I figure, you know what? Maybe you'll find me through a post. Maybe you'll find something interesting that I did. I, I kind of go back and forth. What I don't want to do is play the game. And I think what happens in podcast world and social media world, you and I can get caught up in playing the game that I got to tag 40 people in a post. So they'll all see it and notice it and like it, or I got to get this guest or that guest or whatever. Um, I, man, I, I don't want to do that. Like I've been pretty honest. I'm pretty basic. Mine started out in a garage there's nothing fancy about me. You and I talked before, you know, you got some new equipment. Um, I got that similar equipment in a shopping cart on Amazon. I just never pulled the trigger. I'm like, I'm too cheap. I'll wait later on. But you're doing like what you're doing. You know, this, you talk to set, but a ton of guys are like, I want to do that someday. You're actually doing it. You're actually doing it. And you're doing what a lot of guys say they're going to do and never do. And so, man, keep leading, man. Keep doing what you're doing. Keep being that example. You're bringing something that a lot of people need. I appreciate that compliment, but I'm also very guilty of doing exactly what you just said. (laughs) Me too, man. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) This is, this is one of the few things where I've said, you know, and I I've told you this before and I've told my audience, I'm living my dream right now. I'm doing exactly what I wanted to do in this instance. There's a lot of times where I was like, Oh, that one of these days, if I, if I've said one of these days, once I've said it 20 million times in my lifetime, one of these days, one of these days is going to run out of time. Yeah. And you know, I need to get off of my rear end, get some plans, get and get myself fixed to where I can go ahead and do some of the stuff that I'm wanting to do one of these days tomorrow, you know what I mean? Or do it today. But here's what I think. You just said, I'm I'm living my dream right now. So this thing started, Porch Matters Podcast, same way Pursuit of Manliness, with an idea of, what if I do this? 
And I remember, again, I tried to do this anonymously. I tried everything I could do not to put my face or name attached to this stuff. And I, but I felt this angst that I, that I don't know, there's just like, I'm, I need to do this, which is, you know, how it is once you hit record, there's an element of vulnerability there that you do not experience prior to Huge. it. All of a sudden you're like, Oh crap, I'm jumping out of the airplane. <laughs> but what happens here is you have this idea. I'm doing a porch matters podcast. And then you create an Instagram account, or maybe you did it before. I don't know. And you look at Bob Jones podcast and Rick Smith's and whoever, whatever. Oh man, he seems like he's growing. He's doing this. I need to do that too. Man, I'd say you learn from people. Don't copy those people because right. I, I see guys like that. I, I've talked to guys on the phone all the time and they are just bipolar. They put out one thing on social media and on the phone, they're insecure. They're wanting to know the secrets. I don't know any secrets. If I knew the secrets, I'd be doing them. I don't know the secrets, but I will say this like tribe right now, we have a large group of tribe. When I started tribe, we had 10 guys. It was free. Six guys quit in the first month. That's a bad go. It's free. And I'm down to four guys. And of those four, basically two of us are having a conversation back and forth. It was pathetic. You see what it is today. That didn't happen overnight. That, that happened over session, session, session. So, listen, we evaluate it all the time. What's working, what not working, whatever. If all those guys would have showed up in that second session and said, we're here, Terry, I, I would have sat in the corner and cried. I wasn't ready for that. Right. What you do is you be responsible for what you got now. Enjoy the heck out of it. Enjoy having these conversations. Who knows the door that the Lord will open up down the road or the right guy or the right whatever. Man, keep living that dream. But the problem is we start trying to live everyone else's dream. Right. And selling your dream, it isn't appealing no more. Don't do that. What you were talking about earlier about social media, about how we're supposed to have, there's a lot of people that'll tag 40, 50 people yeah. in post and everything else. And I'm not knocking people who do that, but that's not me. I'm not right. going to do that. I'm go- If I'm going to tag anybody, I'm, I've been doing food reviews and everything lately. I love Just, it. Just something different. Yeah. Had an, I go, I love to go out and eat. I I'm, I'm a fat boy. I love to eat. And, you know, over the years, that was one thing that me and my mom have always done together. We'll go find some random place to go eat that we've never been before, whatever. And at one point in time, I started to do a blog about that years ago before I found out anything about knowing how to do a podcast. So that's kind of where the food review came out. But if I'll, I'll go to some place, I put out a show every two weeks. Yep. So I've got plenty of time. Yep. I'll go, I'll go to a place. And if I think it's worth reviewing, I'll do a review on it. and I'll tag the place that I reviewed. Absolutely. And then I'll tag the person that I had a conversation with that, yep. or if I post if I post pictures of the, of the trip, of the food trip, like, yep. you know, Stacy and Xander's been going with me a lot or my mom's been going with me or whatever. I'll tag them in there because, you know, they're in the pictures and they were a part of it. That's the extent of my tagging. But that, but that makes sense because right. they were there. There are times I look at open up. I mean, I have people I don't even follow on Instagram tagging me and stuff. And I'm like, number one, I don't know you We're not connected. Right. I know what you're trying to do. Um, if, if, if I find you interesting, like I'll follow and it's, again, it's not like, I should say this. It's not that I'm ever better than anyone else because I'm better than nobody. However, when I just told you however many minutes ago, you do have to guard your feed. So you can't follow everybody and then wonder why you're mentally exhausted because you're following a bunch of 
bunch of people that you followed out of guilt. So follow people that interest you, follow restaurants, food, whatever. I think that's awesome, man. And I think that fits your niche. Like I would tell you, I would see if you can't record a podcast in that restaurant. Like you go to a mom and pop, like, hey, I do a podcast, Porch Matters. Can I do something here, make a video, whatever? I mean, publicity for them. I think that would be, man, I'm not telling you what to do, but I, I'm like, that. that is, I did an NFL preview show once. I don't remember what episode it is. It is to this day the worst listened to. I thought it was awesome. I mean, I had AFC, NFC, every, I mean, I had all these notes. Nobody cared. So for me, that told me, don't do that again. <laughs> like maybe NFL preview show is not your thing, but you got to find your niche. I, I think that's awesome. As we're wrapping up, my friend, have you got anything that you would like to promote? No, nah, man, I'm just telling you, keep doing what you're doing, man. Like, really, if, if people want to find me, they'll find But I love what you're you're doing. I think you have a genuineness about you. I You've been always real nice to me. Hopefully, I've reciprocated that back. I, um, you, you're doing what a lot of guys say they're going to do but never do. And here's the thing I, I respect about you. You're sticking with it. You're sticking with it because um, it's easy to start these things. It's really easy to start new things. The hard part is staying with it. And you told me just a minute ago or an hour ago, whatever it was, that, hey, you bought some gear. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to be serious about it. And I remember a guy telling me that a long time ago. He says, it's good to see that you're taking this serious. And I'll be honest, when he said that, it offended me. I don't know why. It just hit me really wrong. Like It felt disrespectful. Looking back, I thought, nope, he was serious because he saw – what I didn't see at that point and what you see too, Terry, all these guys quit, all these guys starting and fall porch matters keeps on going. Even if you have to unplug for a minute, I, I mean, I've taken breaks before, even if you have to do, you try different things, man, be you, man. I love what I love it. Over the 4th of July, I did kind of take a break. Yeah. Um, and it was, it wasn't necessarily on purpose. It was kind of on accident. And the reason why I say that is, I've said this to my audience. I've said this to you. I'll probably tell you more about it whenever we're not recording, but work has just been crazy lately. It has affected this, and I was hoping that it wouldn't, but it has a little bit, and it was affecting it to the point where I've been putting in crazy hours, as in I'll get there at like six or seven in the morning and won't leave till like eight o'clock at night. Still having to answer a phone at 10 30, 11 o'clock, 2 30 in the morning. Yes, that's happened. And yes, I about lost my religion. I'm not going to lie. But, you know, just it is what it is. I'm not complaining, not grappling. I've got, I'm doing exactly, the Lord has given me exactly what I asked for four years ago when I wanted away from the jail. I laid everything out just like I want, like I had a plan. I step one, step two, step three. Right now I'm sitting on step three, working on four and five. I've gotten everything that I've asked for. Now that I've gotten it, I, 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 I've questioned it a time or two. Do I really want this? You know what I'm saying? Come on. Yep. Now. I'm not, I'm not preaching to you, but I'm preaching good. You know where I'm going. No, I've, I've, I've walked that road. I, I think the, I remember back in December of 2019 is actually probably November of 2019. I was mentally exhausted, man, uh, work, podcasting, social media, whether you like it or not, you're always looking at how many people follow you, how many people download, how many people engage. And, you know, I don't want to ever get my identity from likes or follows or whatever, but 
you do look at the return on your investment and say, okay, yes. I mean, I'm, people do. don't realize the amount of time that goes into this. However, they also didn't ask us to do this either. So we're choosing Very to do true. This. I can't Very blame true. somebody and say, well, but you're not, no, you're not consuming what I'm putting out. Well, make it better and they will consume it. So uh, I told my wife, I said, I'm going to take a break in December. She said, I think that's a good idea. To me, that was like, a, uh-oh, <laughs> maybe, maybe I've hit rock bottom. And I thought, First half of the month, I thought, I don't think I care if I ever do that again. I might, that might have been a good run. I think I'm done. I think that's it. Second half of the month, I, I got a little more like stir crazy. Like, okay, I'm kind of missing it. But I remember thinking in that month, you know, what happens if, if everybody goes away? What happens if everyone, you know, says I'm unfollowing him, he's gone, whatever. And the reality is this, they were never yours to begin with. You know, they're not yours to start with. You know, um, that's why I think you don't want to grow your show on the back of tagging people who, you know, that you hope will share your stuff. And what you do is you attract their people, but you, you're you not like-minded. You know, you're not going to be them. You know, I have gained some people because of Unashamed. I think me and Unashamed are in a similar genre they're on a whole different level. So if you come to me, I'm the poor man's unashamed if that's what you're trying to look for. But the point is you attract people who are driven towards your type of content. But during that month, I took a break. I came back in January. Looking back now, I still tell people all the time that might be the best thing I ever did is take that month off, which is really weird because on one hand you quit. I remember in my close group, people like, did this dude quit? Where's he at? What's going on? And I wasn't responding to nothing. I didn't want to check anything. I think it's good to miss it too. I'm not telling you to do that. Please don't hear that the wrong way. I'm, I'm telling not, you, if you say over 4th of July or you say over this, I take a break. There's Every once in a while, there'll be like a fifth week of the month. I just won't post anything. I just won't post anything because I'm like, you know what? I just don't want to even check it. I don't. I need to go on vacation in my mind. And so what you have done though, is you've developed a consistency over time that people know he'll be back. It'll be here. And you create a rhythm that is sustainable and healthy you'll be able to do this for the long haul. And who knows where this thing is going to go? Who knows what turn, what porch matters turns into. Now, when it comes to work, on the other hand, I, I take breaks as often as Amen. <laughs> Amen. Like, you know, we're, we're on a shutdown week right now. And I want, this was my plan. We do it 4th of July week. And then we also do it the week of Christmas and New Year's. Christmas and New Year's, I was able to turn the work phone off. I don't know if I've told you this or not, but at one point in time, I used to carry around a personal phone, work phone. And then there'd also be instances where I'd have a, I'd have my iPad or whatever with me so I could do work stuff on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I, I went over to the uh, local Applebee's just to eat lunch or whatever. I was still on the clock and I sat down and I had my, tablet. I had my work phone. I had my personal phone. As soon as I sat all three of those down, the waitress walks over and sees that looks at me and says, are you a drug dealer? <laughs> no, I'm just married to my job. It feels like, you know, and, yeah. and I've been, I have said that a time or two and they're like, that's not the way it's supposed to be Terry. <laughs> Full blown honesty here. I, I've actually been scolded a time or two because I've been told that I'm too dedicated to my job. Mm-hmm. But well, I've, I've had time. I've even apologized to my own kids. Uh, I remember 
you know, working on family ministry and how to be better husbands out of that. When our kid was our, our oldest was first born and my wife's in the back reading her Bible story, putting her to bed, all that stuff. I'm sitting in front of the TV with a TV tray and a laptop. And I'm, I'm telling these guys how to be better husbands and fathers and whatever. And I'm like, you're a hypocrite. You know, like you, you're a phony. Like nobody should listen. I mean, now this is back in 2005. And I thought I had, to, I had to have some wake up calls along the way. And I think that's what the Lord does. He gives you wake up calls along the way and you can choose to hit snooze and, have have a bigger problem later on or you can you can heed the call and say okay then i'm I'm fixing on doing something about this and you're better for it but that doesn't mean you're it's going to be comfortable i mean a lot of stuff is very uncomfortable but it's worth it i agree jared i appreciate you coming on the show we can talk all day we've been talking (laughs) for about two hours now i know you've got stuff to do and i appreciate your time well thanks for reaching out man I'm, i'm i'm thankful we're able to connect and what a gift technology can be when we use it right. Here we are, guy in Indiana, guy in Alabama, having a conversation about everything. So, one of these days, as I said earlier, I need I need to knock that off and actually get that took care of and actually start doing it. We'll be sitting across the table from one another in real life. I'm telling you, you need to come to the men's retreat. Bring your semi up here. You can sleep in it. Old Bill's going to do the same thing this year. We have Is a he? lot of parking. What's that? Is he? He did it last year. I, I'm telling you what, you guys are, you're amazing. So I, he wanted to come, wanted to come, wanted to come. All that. I was like, yeah, he knows. He, he drives loads, and I don't understand how it works, but he thought he had one. And I'm standing in the entryway, and I look out, and here comes a semi. And so I'm like, oh, man, I don't know how this is going to work. We got RVs in the parking lot. We got all these vehicles. He pulled that thing in like it was it was impressive. And so, uh, yeah, that's where he slept. We got plenty of parking. So, hey, just a thought. Love to have you, man. We got a lot of good dudes. One thought that I do want to leave you with, and this is probably going to open up a can of worms, but it is what it is. <laughs> can we as men and you with your platform, please encourage men to teach their children how to read a map? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, uh, an actual physical map, not not yes. this thing behind me, but like an old Rand McNally Atlas, something like Absolutely. Yes. My I, kid that, asked for one a couple years ago for Christmas. That was one of her favorite gifts, a Ray McNally wow. folding, folding map. Yep. I, I, I know a few individuals, and I'll try my best not to name any names for embarrassment. Not going to do that. They're not teaching that in school anymore. As long as they have a GPS, they feel like they don't have to worry about it. I feel, and this is just me personally, I feel we as men are dropping the ball on that. Yeah. I mean, there's some, there's some critical thinking skills to that. There's some topography, depending on what kind of map you have and where you're going that you need to understand, like driving through the mountains of West Virginia is going to be radically different than driving down some flat roads through Iowa. It's like, you need to understand those things. And uh, GPS, I don't think it communicates that to you. Now I will say this as a guy who hikes some and does some of that stuff. It's amazing how many places you can go and the GPS does still work on those yeah. trails, but it's like tying your shoe. You can go Velcro if you want, but don't do that. You can wear Crocs forever, which I, I would do quite a bit, but you need to know how to tie your shoe. Like that's a skill tying a tie. I don't wear them, but you need to know how to do it. I never thought I'd be a Croc guy, but I have, oh. bought, I have bought me a pair and they've been life changers right here, man. Croc flip-flops every single day. That's, that's all. That's about all I wear besides those uh, chore boots. I have turned into a croc guy. I did not know they sold them in a 16 wide. Oh, they're always oversized. So big feet, even better. I mean, 
I mean, I've got flotation devices if I need to, yep. you know, it's great. They're all terrain, man. Do you see the, I see speaking of social media and how we spent too much time on there. I see a picture of some of, uh, I think it was a meme or so. If I see it again, I'll send it to you. Somebody had put roller skates on the bottom of Crocs. Interesting. Something it's, to think about. It's funny. We're talking about all this stuff and you, it, it dawned on me when I just held that crock up, I had a guy make fun of a picture I posted with Bill, the truck guy about my feet or something like that, because it was at the men's retreat last year and I'm wearing one of the POM shirts in my whatever pants that I would wear for a month at a time and Croc flip-flops or somebody, I said, what did you think you're going to get? Like, did you think, you know, like there would be something else? Like that's what it is, you know? And that's, I mean, they, again, that's what gives porch matters credibility. That's what hopefully gives me some credibility. And, uh, I'm not trying to now I will say this. I went too far the other way when I first came back after December 2019. I was kind of like, this is what it is, take it or leave it. And I'm like, okay, careful there, guy. Like you, you still got to put out something that's digestible, you know. But at right. the end of the day, man, what you're doing is unique. There's a gajillion people doing podcasts. And uh what you do is reaching a people group that someone's like, I love his style, I love his format, I love what I get. That's why we do it. Jared, I appreciate you coming on. You too, man. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you. Big thanks to Jarrett Samuels of Pursuit of Manliness podcast for coming back on the porch. You can find Pursuit of Manliness on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Pursuit of Manliness. You can find the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. Make sure you let him know that you heard him right here on Porch Matters. If you are new to the show and like what you hear, Hit that like, subscribe, or follow button and download the episodes in our archives. If this show has been a positive addition to your life, please rate the show and leave a review. won't take you but a minute, and it really would help the show. Find us on social media by typing Porch Matters Podcast into the search bar. Word of mouth is still the best way of sharing. Pick your favorite episode and share it with at least one person this week. There are a lot of people out there that have never heard of a podcast before. I sure would appreciate it. And I'll see you next time right here on Porch Matters.